Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of Kicking It With Kel. I'm your host, Keller Fields. I love today's episode. I'm joined by my friend Jessica Upchurch. Jess is an absolutely incredible person, and she gets really vulnerable in this podcast and talks about some stuff that I don't think she's ever talked about before. To say that I am proud of her and proud to know her would just be a massive understatement. I'm going to save the bio because I tell you guys who she is at the beginning of the episode. Um, I know that you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I just don't have enough words to just say how absolutely thrilled I am that she agreed to be on this podcast. So I am not going to hold you up any longer. Enjoy this episode with my friend, Jess. All right. You ready oh my gosh, to roll? I'm so excited. I'm excited too. <laughs> I was thinking last night, like I couldn't sleep because I was like thinking how we met. Yeah. Was at a basketball camp? And uh, then I was like, I don't even know what, how old we were. I know. I think, I really think we're probably like 15 or 14. Yeah, Which I just remember crazy. drinking a Capri Sun yeah. and celebrating our birthdays <laughs> together. That's right. All right, well, let me, um, let's just jump right into it. I'm going to introduce you to everyone. Uh, most of the people who listen to this podcast are from Kentucky, so, which obviously me and Jess have already talked about. We're both from Kentucky. I'm just going to kind of intro you to the people. So um, Jess Upchurch is from small town Kentucky. She grew up in church and always felt called to international missions. Jess went on her first mission trip when she graduated high school and then moved to Uganda to teach PE after graduating college. She recently lived in Beijing and just moved back to the States with her partner and the newest addition to their family, their little pug queen, Libby. And in addition to that, Jess is about to launch her coaching services for personal development with the hope to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. And we're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast. But in the meantime, you can find Jess on Instagram at Jess Upchurch or online at JessUpchurch.com. And you can spell it how it sounds. Yeah, you've done your research. Because I, I didn't get any of that, well, give that to you. I'm a professional. What can I, what can I say? Well, let me, just, let me just ask you what I've kind of asked everyone. How are you doing in this quarantine COVID season of life? I am making it, which I think like my journey through COVID could be a whole different podcast because I was in China Mm -hmm. when it was started. Like I did the whole thing, but now I feel very state, like in a stable place and Mm -hmm. financially. And like, we have a really nice apartment, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm with my partner and we have like a little pug Mm -hmm. and, so I'm I'm doing really well, but it's been like crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So you you I've already touched on it, but you did just mention you were in China when everything started. So I am very anxious. And I was like following <laughs> along with your stories like before it got to the States. And I was like, oh my God, Jess is living through this. Like yeah. y'all don't even understand what's coming over here. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I found Cami found this video or this picture, this live picture of me from February, which was before, you know, it, it got here for yeah. real. And I'm sanitizing my cart. And if you, yeah. if you like hear it live, it says I'm not getting COVID or coronavirus, I think is what it was still called at that time. So yeah, yeah, you right. kept me very in the loop just through your stories. Well, good. Yeah, that's what a lot of people shared, like, because I was there. And I mean, China's a very communist mm. country, obviously. And so they were right. very strict, which in 
all reality was very good as far as keeping the numbers down but it was it was extreme like I you know I lived in the most populated city in the world and it looked like a zombie apocalypse there it's truly insane to to have followed along yeah um so let me just before we get into actually like the meat and potatoes of this podcast I want to thank you one for coming on here we talked about this off podcast, but me and Jess have always known each other. We've known each other for, for, you know, over 10 years, but we've never really had a sit down super deep conversation about specifically your coming out experience. And I've wanted to have these conversations with you, but the thing that a lot of people don't understand about coming out who haven't had to come out is that it is so deeply personal and it looks so different to every single person. So my understanding of your experience based on your social media or whatever is that, you know, you were kind of out to some people. I mean, you definitely didn't try to hide the fact that you were in a relationship, um, but you also didn't like exclusively ever say it. You know what I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, 100% right, so, on, <laughs> so we're recording this on October 13th. So two days ago was National Coming Out Day. And you posted Mm -hmm. and asked me anything to your Instagram and you talked about your coming out. And I was like, okay, Jess has talked about it. That's huge. Jess has talked about it. I want to get her on this podcast so we can dissect, you know, what your coming out experience is like specifically in Mm -hmm. the lens of faith, because you have, we have had these conversations for the last, you know, three or four years about, being queer Mm -hmm. and also you know battling with the with this faith community so we'll get all into that so my first question for you is how do you identify and when did you know well that's why I was talking to Devaney last night actually I was like you know Keller's gonna be asking me this and I don't really I've never like been like a label person but I guess if I had to put a label I guess it would be Mm -hmm. lesbian But, um, like I said, I've never been like a label, huge label person. When I knew, I remember one time in eighth grade, I saw uh, something online. It was like, you know, two girls together. And I was like, hmm. (laughs) 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 Just had like a little thought, you know, and I was like, no. Like, you know, like at that point, you know, I grew up Baptist and so in a, you know, small town and it was like, heck no, pushing it, you know, out of mind. That's not me. Like, no. So you said that, you know, in eighth grade, you saw this imagery of two women together and maybe you had like a little tingle in your stomach, like, oh, what is that? So when was it, like, when did you, I, I guess, like act on it? Like, when was that first... Like, okay, that was cool to look at, but when did you mm-hmm. kind of like take that step in? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't take that step until my sophomore year oh in my college. God. Yeah. And I I mean it it's that's insane to think back on. You know, I've struggled with anxiety because of it right. clearly. But because of that, especially in high school and I was very involved in church and it was very, I mean, I don't want to, it was limited to what I was exposed to, so to say. So I was very naive with the fact. And I remember like, you know, being around 
other gay couples or, you know, and it felt so weird right. to me. And uh, it was like a thought, like I pushed yeah. it out. Like that's right. not me, yeah. you know? So do you think that your faith shaped your identity in any way? Maybe not even your identity. At, like my upbringing? Right, like, I don't even necessarily mean your identity as, you know, a queer person, um, but as a whole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, like my family is very spiritual. Yeah. Um, we've always been in church and that's something that I've always felt very strongly connected right. to. I will say more recently, like, I don't, I don't even like to associate religious, right. like I'm religious or like even being a Christian, like sometimes I have trouble even saying that. And I just rather say, you know, relationally or right. spiritually, just because everything that comes right. with that. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a, a multi-layered conversation that a lot of people don't understand unless you've been in the positions that we have, which is, you know, you mm-hmm. grow up in a church and then you come out and then maybe you experience a loss of community and so when mm-hmm. you express that, you know, you've been hurt by that community, people hear that, you know, Christians suck and this is, you know what I'm saying? And that's not right. what mm-hmm. we're saying. We're just saying that we've been hurt. Yeah, you know what all. I mean? Yes. Yes. 100%. So I don't want to like jump too far ahead. So I want to, I want to start, you know, at the beginning when you graduated high school, you went on your first mission trip, which every normal Joe Schmo off the street, they don't just decide to go on international mission trips. You know, that's like a, that's a calling for a lot of people. Can you talk about your history with that? Yeah. For some reason, I've always felt like my first mission trip was to Peru, but I've always felt drawn to Africa. And I don't know, like I'm such a reader. I don't know if you've ever read Kisses with Katie, um, or by, I don't know, something like that, but it's about like a, a female Christian author who went and, you know, was serving and in Africa. And like, I always seen my life like that. I could, I can't explain it. It's like some of that, like out of world connection, you know, that I got from God, I believe, but I've just always felt the most alive when I'm serving people across borders so you lived in and i know this like i said just from like social media but you lived in uganda and uh Mm -hmm. so how long were you there (laughs) i've been going there for like six years i lived there for eight months now this is a crazy thing and i you know we're i'm going off sidetracked here but so so before i moved to Uganda and we have this in common okay. as well. We both used to be engaged. <laughs> yeah, <man>. we do. <laughs> I forgot and, about that part is, of your story. <laughs> we both right. And so yeah, that was crazy. And you know, that was a huge decision for me. Um because like I just thought I was never going to feel that right. love. Like I'm, I was never going to find that. That's not for me, right. blah, 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 you know? And then, you know, my mm-hmm. partner came into my life and I was like, Oh Here my it gosh, is. like, 
this is, I love, like, yeah. you know, I feel yeah. it. Like, this is me and this is truest to me. And so I obviously ended that engagement, like, the weekend before I moved to Uganda. Oh, wow. So while going to Uganda and I lived in the bush, there's not anything right. around. It's literally, I lived right on the right. Nile. And I was able to just, like, really experience like some growth like from mm-hmm. within and specifically like with my um relationship with god but no one else that i was living with right knew. so at that time let me backtrack did you end your engagement because you were like i can't do this i need to eventually come out or was it just like i can't give him what he deserves in his life because i know this about me you know what i mean I would say definitely both. One, he was a great guy. Great guy. Deserves better. And I knew in my heart that I I did not, I wasn't attracted. I didn't love. So I knew that. But also it was like, I came to the term to like, I'm deserving of love more than anyone else. I'm deserving of it. And then if I get a glimpse of it, I'm not going to let it go. That's a wonderful you know, revelation to come to. So you're living in Uganda. It's literally illegal to be gay in (laughs) Uganda. So like you can get stoned. Right. So (laughs) I can't even (laughs) process knowing this about myself and then choosing to live somewhere where I could be killed for being who I am. So like, what were what was going through your brain? Were you ever scared to be there? Like, because processing those emotions, specifically when you're processing them all internally, it's really lonely, yeah. and it's hard yeah. to even do that in a place where it's legal. You know, right? So, what yeah. was that like for you? So, I kept it all within. I hid it. Obviously, I like I didn't tell right. anyone. That was a big spiritual journey for me, though. Like, I, a lot of the conversations that I was having about myself was with right. God. And it was like a very spiritual, like I was getting rid of limiting beliefs and shame that I've always had about right. myself. However, I will say, like, you know, because it is a Christian community right. where I was at. And so... I would hear like people would talk about it, like jokes and stuff, you know, and I was like, it made, I don't know, you know, like being around other people and they make a joke about gay people or something like, Oh yeah. Like for example, there's a book and it was saying something like how to love a queer person or something. And they were like, Oh, I think you need this or whatever, you know? And it was just like, those things like it was hard mm-hmm. to deal with because no one right knew. and you can't a lot of people don't really understand how detrimental it is to your mental health to hear these jokes made about you and people don't know that you know you're mm-hmm. a part of that which it's such a unique experience you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah oh, yeah God. so i want to talk about your faith because in mm-hmm. that in the the little screenshot on Instagram is was also something that I've never actually seen you talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Because as far as I knew, like I have 
I have messages and I told you this, I have messages from October of 2017. So literally three years ago of me reaching out to you saying, you know, thank you for being like so vocal about your faith because I've lost mine and I Mm -hmm. I don't understand how you still have yours basically. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, you reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be accountability buddies. And I was like, dude, I'm not there. I have no desire to be there. This is just not something I'm interested in in my life anymore. And in your Instagram post, what you, what you said was that some of the responses that you've gotten have like distanced you from your faith and that you still believe, but there's pain that Mm -hmm. you have felt that you need to kind of like separate Jesus from. And so before we really get into this conversation, I want to, I want to make it very clear to anyone who's listening to this, that is a person of faith because I've gotten like some kickback about how I talk about Christianity on this podcast. And I just want to make it very clear that these are individual experiences. And if, if I'm not talking about you, then I'm not talking about you. You know what I mean? And if you're not talking about someone listening to this podcast, you're not talking about it. It's an overall, you know, feeling that we have gotten from the, like the big C church, not necessarily like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So where are you now in your faith? I'm honest. I'm very distant which breaks my heart. So I think all of this really started, man, I guess I would say, um, so is while I was in Beijing for sure. Um, so I don't know what it is. Like when I'm about to move, like I just drop bombs pretty much because I came out right before I moved to Beijing. (laughs) So it was like very quick. Um, but while I was there, you know, I was able to have more conversations. And so growing up, like in a Christian community, I was able to be like very honest about who I was and, you know, this happy part of me and um, the responses that I got was very based off like the Bible and really like they didn't even like hear what I said, you know, and um And then, you know, not only that, but it's like going to church. I had a church experience where, you know, I was really, I was in the, you know, most populated city in the world and I was trying to find a community. I knew no one and I went to church and um, there were two instances that happened. One, it was while a guest speaker came and they were like, they were talking about something specific with personal Mm -hmm. development. And then they kept going on about don't even get me started with homosexuals and, you know, went on a rampage about that. And, you know, here I am, like, really want to connect to my spiritual side. And then they started talking about that. And so I was really proud of myself because before I would just cry after church or something. But I quietly closed my journal and I stood up and I walked out. So that happened. And then, you know, I, during a small group, I came out or I told someone, you know, I have a girlfriend, she's coming, you know, I was super excited about it. And she was like, Ooh, good thing you didn't tell anyone else in the group. And so ever since then, I've just very been very distant. Right. So uh, I think there are so, there are so many interesting things that you just talked about, but one thing that, you know, 
a lot of people don't understand is maybe setting boundaries that don't make sense to other people who have been hurt. Because, you know, when people hear stories like yours and mine, they see that there's like, you know, this deep desire to connect to Christianity, to community, to the faith community as a whole, to Jesus, all those things. And they hear the story and they're like, well, why don't you just connect? Why don't you just do it? But they don't take into right. account, like truly it's religious trauma. It's, it's, yeah. you know, sharing a piece of your soul to someone and them saying, mm-hmm. uh, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not that's straight from hell. Exactly. So can yeah. you talk about the boundaries that you've had to set in your life, either before you came out to kind of protect yourself and then Mm -hmm. what those boundaries look like now that you, you know, you have come out. The boundaries that I've set, it was more towards after I came out to people. Um, One, it was acted like it wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't just like tell you I was in a relationship, like it wasn't Mm -hmm. a thing. So at that point in time, I had to really step out and and mention my girlfriend as much as Mm -hmm. I could. And just so it could normalize it, the situation. But as far as with like friends and, you know, family, I had to really like stand firm and be confident in who I was and make sure that I was taking care of right. myself before I let them like walk all over right. me with that. Because for me, I was, for all of us, we're coming with like a a genuine heart, like something so happy that we want to share, you know, and we're, we're feeling in a vulnerable space because, especially with the fact of coming from Mm. faith, because we know what they say about it. And so just the responses that I've gotten, you know, it was really hurtful. Um, So I've just had to take space for myself, really process through, like not taking it personal, Mm. Like, it's not about me. It's about them and what they're struggling with in their faith. Right. So I don't remember if we talked before you were going to tell your parents or after. I literally was texting you. Okay. I was going to say, I remember having a conversation about that process going on. And, you know, I've had my mom on the podcast. I'm going to have my dad on the podcast. They both reacted very poorly at the beginning and have Mm -hmm. both just absolutely turned a corner. They embrace me. They embrace Mm -hmm. Cammie. Um, They love me. They're proud of me. All of those things. And I'm pretty sure that you've had a Mm -hmm. similar situation. Well, when I came out, I wrote a letter and I shared it with my mom first that I've never seen my mom cry so much. Absolutely broke my heart. Um, Then um, I went and told my dad or I gave my dad the letter and then I just left. And I remember texting you and like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know if they love me anymore. You know, like, it's like, I don't know how to even explain it. But then, you know, I was crying and then I just came back home, went into my room, like, then no one was saying anything. And then finally my parents, my mom came in and was just like, I love you no matter what. There has been very hard conversations that needed to be take right. place, especially with religion, but it's definitely a night and day yeah. thing. Which is, sure. you know, that's like yeah. best case scenario for everyone involved. Yes. And I, when I yes. think about specifically the conversation around, you know, being queer and having faith, you know, we we hear these, especially if you follow queer Christians, you see these things 
on the internet where you're like, oh my God, I wish I would have had those words, you know, when I was coming out and trying to, to sort all this stuff out. And I don't remember where I saw it, but it was something like, if your faith blocks you from loving someone that you love, maybe you need to like reevaluate your faith. You know what I'm saying? If your faith yeah. m- makes it hard for you to love someone, maybe you should reevaluate the whole thing and figure out, you know, yes. and I feel like yeah. that's mm-hmm. truly what happened with, I know it's what happened with my family was that it seemed like yes. there was a wall and they were like, well, we're going to mm-hmm. love Keller no matter what. So I'm just going to have to tip that over and, and figure out what faith looks like now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with you, mm-hmm. you know, you said you are distant. And I know that's not where you want to be because we've had too many conversations yeah. about mm-hmm. faith to know that this is where you want to stay. So yeah, in a perfect yeah. world, you know, what would your faith look like as a queer Christian? Yeah. One, I want to say, like, when you were saying like, you know, you see queer and Christians, like, you know, through social media and stuff. I remember like back then, back Mm -hmm. in the day, I would try to Google like Christian and gay women. Like I would try, this was before, you know, like Facebook and all that. Like I would try to Google and like, is there a way like, you know, you have that hope. So the perfect world for me, I still see glimpses of it. When I experience Jesus, it's when I ha- I'm able to bring my girlfriend and and worship right. at the same time. Right. Or um, maybe we go to a bar right. and we talk about Jesus and we talk about how good our his love right. is and like how we feel about our faith yeah. and all yeah. that. To me, you know, it's very welcoming. And um, I experienced Jesus through some people and the the unfortunate part is is that some people that associate with him has really caused me pain which is the whole topic of this but i will say there's a lot of good people that do show me who jesus is 100 percent. i'm sure that you've prayed the same prayer and i want to talk to you about that because when you said you were googling you know (sighs) can you be gay and a Christian that is yeah I just can't you know reiterate enough this isn't something that all people go through and and that's why I think it's so easy for some people some Christians to like look at people like us and be like well just don't just don't do it like you know just choose a life of celibacy just but they've never you know been in desperation like googling every single thing that they could to try and figure out if yeah. they were okay like if yeah is this yes, normal exactly is this so possible? have you you know prayed the prayer like obviously you tried to be straight i tried to be straight i tried to be all oh, kinds yeah. of things that i didn't turn out to be can you talk right. about you know yeah. moving through you know that prayer of desperation into you know acceptance and like loving who you are Yeah, that is a huge journey, and a lot of it was through, I mean, like I said, I never acted on it until um, in college, but even at the end of high school, you know, I would always be crying at church, and I would always feel so guilty because of the way that they talk about it, and then, you know, in my heart, I'm thinking, like, you know, I love, I love God, I love people, like, 
I want to do good. And it was like so much anxiety and so much shame. I don't know how to even explain it, but like, you know, I dealt with a lot of depression and sadness. I would like not eat for weeks. Um, I mean, it, it got to a point where it was really bad and um, I lost a ton of weight and, you know, I totally believe in the body mind connection. And so my mind, you know, was thinking all these things, my body was showing it like I looked super weak. And I remember my parents like asking me, you know, like, what's wrong? And, you know, I I still wouldn't talk to them about it. But eventually I went to therapy. But I think, you know, for me, I say this now at the end of it, but like, I, you know, I've met people who are, who remind me of myself. And I just try to like, say and do the things that I wish someone would have told me, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, what you do here is just so absolutely beautiful and something that I wish that I had. And it's so unfair. It's like, you just really want to do well. You want to, you want, like, I still have the heart for Mm -hmm. missions. Like I'm still that person. But the fact that, you know, that it, the way that society is like, there's no way that you can have both of those. But, and then, like, I don't know. I think I've been, went through so much crap that I don't ever want to go back right. there. And I truly believe, like, God loves mm-hmm. me, like, for entirely yeah. for who I am. And, you know, even if it's not a known thing or not, like, a normal right. thing, like, I can normalize it. Yeah, you I know? know. And literally every single feeling that you're feeling And I think that's why it is so, I don't even want to say troubling. I I think I want to say like discouraging when, you know, folks who, you know, don't experience uh, any realm of being queer and they, like I said, they look at, you know, our lives and they say, you know, you've chosen this over your relationship with Jesus. You have chosen this over, you know, salvation you have chosen sin over you know freedom and to me from my point of view i'm like no i've chosen freedom and jesus i have chosen to be this person that you know if we say i mean read read this bible that you're throwing in my face you know it says you know we're fearfully and wonderfully made so you're telling me that only you're fearfully and wonderfully made and i'm a mistake right or what are you telling yeah. me? You've said, you know, you felt depression and anxiety and all these, all these negative things when you were in a closet. And now you feel freedom. Freedom, and, love. Like- and so you think <laughs> about like, I, we'll go back to fruits, the good fruits and the bad fruits. Like, I'm not sure depression mm-hmm. and anxiety are like super high on the list of good fruit. <laughs> you know, right, but I'm pretty exactly. sure joy and yeah. liberation and all those things are pretty high on that list. So it just it doesn't yeah. really make sense to me, you know. And something yeah. I credit you, you know, and your partner more than you all both know with you know my what I would consider my deconstruction and then the reconstruction because I saw, you know, you all 
were at least in your relationship in your own way and it didn't have to be out I mean I mm-hmm. knew about it and I came to both of you separately to have a conversation about like how in the world do you all still have faith I don't understand it's something yeah. that I desire it's something that I want but I don't understand how you have it so before I was really out I remember you know you sharing that stuff with me and I'm very an empathetic person so I could I could feel right. with you, you know, um, but I didn't totally understand it. And I always thought, you know, like I'm, I, I want to be like spiritual. Like I need right. this in my life. You know, I remember thinking that. Um, and then as I processed through it and like came out to more people, I totally like personally see how what right. happened, you right. know, like with your spiritual right. journey. So I could totally understand with that. I don't even know what the question is. Well, no, that's, that's okay. <laughs> well, because I think, and, you know, this is getting less podcasty and more conversation, but because I do, like, know that, you know, faith and spirituality is important to you. I just wish, you know, I live in Texas right now. You live in Kentucky. Who knows where it'll be in six months. But I wish that, you know, we could, like, I wish that I could sit with you in person and like we could talk about it sounds so cliche, but like how much Jesus loves us. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and yeah, I, I think that I remember you saying, you know, this isn't Jesus. This isn't Jesus. This isn't Jesus. These are these people. And like, yeah, ha- I don't even know how you can, how you separate right c- can yeah. separate it. Do you, yeah. how, are you, doing anything actively or are you just in this space where you're like, I need to separate a little bit from this, this faith community? Well, to be honest, I've very much separated, but when I was having those issues, I tried to just think about, okay, who is Jesus? And I thought about the qualities that, you know, God had and like tried to list those off. And then in my head, I was like, okay, is this matching with this person who hurt me? And if it wasn't, that gave me a space to say, okay, this is not me. No, it does. It makes makes a lot of sense. And it was something, I think it's something that, you know, all of us have to go through. And this podcast I hope that you find that it does something similar to you is I've been able to talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, these situations and these people who have hurt me and those people have reached out to me Mm -hmm. and they've said, you know, I'm so sorry that I did that to you and I wish I could have been better. And uh, Mm, I know that sometimes I come off like pretty aggressive because I have been hurt by the church. So if there is someone listening to this podcast who maybe hasn't even just hurt you specifically, but has, has hurt someone in their life who maybe came out. And I'm pretty sure I asked the same question, Jada, what would you, what would you hope to, that they learn or what would you tell them about how to, you know, what I would say, how do you love people? Well, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, what I would say, um, one, it's never ever too late to own up to Mm -hmm. it. And, um, I mean, who we were yesterday, we're not going to stay the same forever. Like we hope not. We hope to continually learn. And the people who are listening to this podcast are those type of people. That's like, you know, they want to learn and they want to grow. 
So if you're listening to this right now, you've already have that one step of awareness. You've already got it right there. So that's like the biggest step that you can take. But if you have like treated someone, you know, I had a friend actually message me the other day and apologized. You know, she said she was doing some very deep soul searching and she apologized for what she said to me. And it meant the world to me, you know, and I, I was at the place where I moved right. on from it. Like I separated myself from it, but still knowing the fact that, Hey, I see you for yeah. who you are. I respect right. it. And I want it, either you want to be a part of their life or not, but you have to come to a place where you can normalize it and you can right. talk about it and you can celebrate right. it. Cause if you're not going to celebrate it, then you like apologize. Yeah, keep it moving. Yeah. And and it yeah. sounds mean almost to say it, but it is the truth. Like how I was talking about boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's weird when people ask the person who has been hurt to be the one who constantly forgives. But that is the role yeah. that, you know, a lot of queer people play. You know, it's like we yeah, have to be 100%. bigger. We have to be bigger. And I truly with all of my heart and I'll always be that person because that's if we are Christians mm-hmm. or whatever we want to call ourselves, if we're people who follow Jesus, we're called to that, you know, yeah. we're called to yeah. that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly with all of my heart believe that we are on the right side of this. And I don't even yeah. mean that to like be any type of way to someone who feels differently. But I think if you love people first, then you're on the right side. I, yeah. I just, I just do. Yeah. And sometimes like in that, in that, um, say for example you know someone who's against it or they're not comfortable with it you know naturally like your brain triggers you of something that is outside of your norm and so genetically like it is a thing but if we could all get into a place of thinking okay this is a human being they also love they also have pain they also have sadness they also have this and try to separate, you know, those old beliefs in your head of like uncomfortability or whatever it is and just see each other as right. human beings. Love first. Love. And I, yeah. I loved, you said something earlier about how, you know, people, when you were having conversations or coming out to people that it, it was like, they weren't even listening to you. A lot of people forget that there are two sides to a conversation and one of them is yeah. active listening. You know, like quit, quit trying to form <laughs> yeah. the debate in your brain about what I'm telling you and just listen to me right. and, and be love. I, I will say be should be love forward. And that's that's how I hope, exactly. you know, that I live my life. Ooh, that's and that's how I know that you live your life. OK, so yeah. we are almost to 50 minutes. This recording cuts off at 60 mm-hmm. minutes. I know this has been, you know, flying. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you um, first to talk about your life coach business before I ask you the question that I ask everyone at the end. So tell me about what you're doing and tell the people how they can utilize your services. Yeah. So I am a holistic life coach. So what that means is that I help you connect to your mind, body, and spirit. So I think, I believe it's all connected and, um, so, you know, you may be at a place of where, you know, you're here, here now, but you want to be on the other side, you know, even if it's like coming out or, you know, whatever it is, maybe you're, you want to transition to a different job. Maybe you want to be, um, love yourself more, you know, whatever it may be. 
I help you take, uh, make a game plan tailored to exactly what you want to do and give you that guidance and accountability to make sure that you're going to achieve your goals that you want to. Um, and so honestly, when I initially started going into this, um, I really, cause I was like, okay, what makes my heart, like what sets my heart on fire? And really like, I love building belief, but also especially from personally, like I love talking about like LGBTQ plus community and being able to help them specifically. Um, And so it's actually really ironic. That's why I messaged you today. I was like, Hey, can we talk (laughs) about this? Because like, I wish, I wish that I had that, you know, during the, I mean, that's what you want for me to be honest. (laughs) But seriously, yeah. and so, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. And so our the coaching programs will launch in awesome. November. Um, don't have a specific right. date, so follow me right. on Instagram. Right, at Church, right? <laughs> okay, well, that yeah. sounds incredible. I'm going to ask you, you know, the last question. But before I do, I just think you are wonderful. I've always thought you're wonderful. Your heart and your spirit just shines through just so bright. Anyone who's ever met you, the first thing they say is, did you hear her accent? And the second thing <laughs> they say is like, you can, you can, you bring sunshine with you. And I say that about my wife and I don't say that about very many people. You just have such a, mm-hmm. a joyous quality that follows you around. So I hope that you know that for you. I don't really pray okay. in a very conventional way anymore, but you know, mm-hmm. I do, we, me and God, we have a good thing going right now. And I am willing and hoping and praying that whatever you want from your relationship with God comes to you and you feel freedom in that. And you know that truly you are absolutely loved fully and perfectly exactly as you are with no change necessary. With that being said, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody. If you could go back in time and tell your high school self one thing, what would it be? I would say I want to speak specifically to someone who is a Christian and who is gay. And, you know, in this moment, it seems like it's not possible. It seems like, you know, I could never do that. I could never do what she does or I could never do what they do. You know, wherever you're at with it, just know that those moments aren't doesn't mean that it's going to be forever and there's no place for shame for you there's no place for it so I would just think I would just like to tell myself back then like if something feels natural to you and if something you're drawn to something like you your heart you have this feeling like it's like a gut feeling you can't explain it that is God's expression through you. That's the most, like the most you can connect to Mm -hmm. with God. And, you know, I believe God is love. So if you feel truly connected to a woman, if you feel, you know, whoever it may be, don't be ashamed of that because it's going, it's one of the most beautiful parts about you. I love it. I love it. There's no place for shame and love. I love it. Well, yes. Um, this has been wonderful. Thank you so, so, so much ah! for 
opening up, being vulnerable, sharing your heart. I know whoever listens to this will truly get. That was big for me. I know, I know. I'm sweating too. (laughs) Uh, But people are going to get something out of this conversation. And um, I think it's just a testament to who you are and how you live. And I love you. And I wish that we spent more time together. And maybe one day we will in another life. Who really knows? (laughs) We will. Well, thank you so much. Um, And that's all that I have. All right. Bye. Bye.